Welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles. I am your host, Ross Bolin, here with my dear friend, Mr. Barrett Dudley, to talk succession. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. You're trying not to island boy right now, aren't I'm you? I'm really trying not to island yeah, boy. Yeah, I, I just I got I just got a fat dose of, of yeah. island boy. We caught a wave. Just you know, we were we were waiting for producer Jared to like fix up the cameras and 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 get us situated Next here you know. in the uh, in the studio. And I just had my phone out and I just I I look I came across a, a you know an island boy video One and of I the just, thousands available to us on TikTok. Right, and it's just the you know now I'm now it's, I'm in big island boy mood and I, I just want to put my vest on. It's a sickness. You know what I mean? It's a sickness. <laughs> and Barrett and I have caught it, um, just like everybody else. But yeah. Oh, yeah, it came up right before the show, and I could just see it in his eyes. He yeah, was fighting uh, it really hard. My, all of my succession, you know, my hot takes, yeah. they're just evaporated. Because you're just an island boy. Because I'm just an island boy and, now. And frankly, I'm desperately trying to avoid <laughs> either of us doing the voice so that we can spare our audience the same suffering and sickness that you and I are currently enduring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so let's just yeah. jump to succession. We'll jump right into succession. Big episode two. I don't know if it was a big episode two or not, but um, does anybody? This was. I think we. This was it, right? It's happening, right? What is happening? All of our fears and, and the opposite of hopes and dreams. I don't know. I don't know. Look, I thought. So I, I you know, we we had we we caught a lot of praise last week for for kind of for going after succession a little bit while still saying that we were having fun and enjoying it. Of course, it's important of course. to remember that it's not like we were just like the show sucks. Um. And some, and, and you know, and we and we had a little bit of blowback as well. And I thought that there were, uh, there, there were a couple of of good takes. I thought, and good people on both sides. <laughs> a lot of good people on both sides. Yes, exactly, Ross. And um, man, the most insightful point, the one that is that 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 stuck with me the most, is the most painfully obvious. The name of the show is literally Succession. Yeah, <laughs> that one I read, and I was like. Point taken. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, somebody. Somebody said that or tweeted us. I think it was like, a "What tweet. did you guys expect? The name and of the show is like, literally succession." And I had literally no argument for that. I was yeah. like, "Okay, yeah, that's a uh, that's a good point." This show that it it's telling you right there in the title. This show is about succession. But I do think <laughs> if after season three, episode two, you're not willing as a succession fan to admit that we are bumping up against what Barrett and I discussed last week, the sort of repetitive nature of unable to break away from the same patterns, then then you're in denial as a fan, which I also appreciate. There, there was a level of that for me with Game of Thrones, for example, when it started to derail in the final season. And I'm not saying that's what's happening here. Yeah. But it just so coincided with right after you and I address. Yeah. Man, it really is kind of getting annoying. That it's like It feels like this season's more of the same, the same thing, Logan versus Kendall. Now, now, and you even said, if this all comes down to the freaking kids again and they choke it, <laughs> like we're going to lose our minds. And this episode was basically that in, in one positive light, we got that out of the way. Yeah. But having yeah. them all in that room, Kendall, Connor, Roman, Shiv, and the nightmare coming to fruition for you and I that, oh my God, these kids really are never going, because that was it. Like, they're never going to get on the same page. That was it, right? Yeah. 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 So what now? Well, I, b before we jump into like the the plot, the possible plot mechanics, sure, sure. I, I just wanted to add one more thing. The other thing, the other like my thing that I marinated on a lot this week and, and was again, like due to in large parts of conversation, whether it was in the discord or, 
or on Twitter with uh, with the the clan fam out there. The other big thing that I that you know I went into season two kind of having absorbed was if Jesse Armstrong's plan all along or currently has been for this show to be four five seasons max, then this all makes way more sense. If it's four or five seasons of the kids duking it out, trying to take down the Teflon Don Logan, or not taking him out, or joining him, or playing this whole chess match, right, to 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 figure out who is actually going to try to weasel their way in there, and maybe it's maybe it's none of them because all of them are dipshits, right? Mm-hmm. Then then I'm I'm you know I can get on board for that because the show, as we you know talked about last week, like executes at such a high level on everything else on all of the jokes and the writing and the characters and the acting and the performances and like all the little things that it just does better than any other show out there right now you know if if it's a four or five season arc then that's great i just always you you always worry that they're doing like that a show falls into the show the old showtime trap right Homeland, Dexter, a couple others out there. Californication. Californication, where it's still a successful show, so the network's like, keep, keep it going. season's coming, baby. And it's like, so... so They stretch it too long, and it ends re- up being kind of a mess. That's really a thing. If the show is literally only about succession, and that's it, and they're never going to deviate from this, like, kids kids versus each other and kids versus Logan, like, main plot A, right. then it needs to be four or five seasons kind of max here. I feel is, you. Is, is what is, is kind of where I've landed. I can... I'm happy with that if it's... If, if it's a, you know, if it's a compact run of a show. Right. But not um, if there's going seven, eight seasons. But if we're trying to go for like a Game of Thrones style run, you know, then then they, which, they're going to have to develop. I think that's what we all kind of expected after season one, and then especially two. We we did, but but over I think over the course of the pandemic, especially, and we've talked a lot about this, especially like with in regard to the Emmys this year, but like, and and with what Netflix is doing, like Netflix never lets a show go more than four or five seasons anymore. Right. And and there's such weight given to like these special series or the limited edition ones or the ones where you bring in like a big, you know, big stud like like Kate Winslet, uh, you know, to just like bring it all home or or whatever you might be doing out there. It, the point being that the trend is definitely moving away from shows running seven or eight seasons long. And I think that's so in part due to seeing a lot of the failures that that you just mentioned yeah. um, over the course of like the 2010s, especially. Um, but also, like you said, the pandemic really did shift things where it, it, you don't want to do that's so much to commit to. It's so, it's, it's so, so many much years to to. And, yeah. you, and these actors and actresses are all in and out of movies and TV yep. shows now. And it's like, they want to do other things. They you don't want to be, be tied down like that. Yeah. You got to be careful with how you position yourself. And to your point, it's really, really tough to argue against the universe that they've built of Logan being essential basically yep. to it. If you go, okay, yes, that is a bit of an issue, but realistically, this would be a several-year transition in a real-life scenario, mm-hmm. and that is, in fact, the whole thing we're operating under, as our listener pointed out when they mocked us for not recognizing the name <laughs> of the show is Succession. That is the show. So you kind of have to, like, it's I and anybody else who's digging at that, like, oh, Logan and Kendall again, it's still Logan. Is Logan ever going to die? How many medical issues has he had? I kind of have to get over it. It's like, yeah. dude, do you yeah. want succession? Because this right. is the fun we're having here yeah. on Logan Island. And if you don't like it, get the fuck out. Like, it, <laughs> that kind of, in this episode, again, 
even in disappointing me with kind of giving us some of the stuff you and I expected. Right. It was what I wanted to see, and it was super fun. Yeah, and 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 to keep, you know, keep to keep it positive here for a minute, like one thing that 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 I think you and I were talking about after the first episode, and then I know a lot of people were talking about is that I think more than ever before, this season is setting up like pick a side, essentially. And I almost it's really pushing you towards like legitimately rooting for Kendall at this moment. Oh, I I all the way am. I don't know what that you know means what I mean? about me, but yeah. Yeah, and I, I I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody that's like, nah, I'm team team Logan and team dipshit Connor and Roman Roman, like, like who's still tucking team, their tails and running back to dad, right? Who's still like, team any of those people? Yeah, it's yeah, it's like full that, blown if you're not rooting for Kendall right now and upset you, with the other you kids. You have to go for Kendall. And so that Leads me to an, an, another point that that we were talking about with with people on Twitter, where it's like the show had they got to give Kendall a win. I, I they I know that that you could say they gave him a win by him like finding some balls at the end of season two, but that's not a win. That right. was setting up the fight to get a win. Right. Like right. that. Like th- so, doesn't feel fair to count that. Like so they sort it, of seem to be. You know, you, we see his anger and his frustration, which which is all kind of covering up fear when none of his siblings join him. Right. Because he's like like they talk about throughout this episode, they have a pretty surefire shot at this if they all band together. Like he's done if they all band together, and they still and can't they still, see their way to do they it. They still can't do it, and they get spooked by the donuts, and they 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 tuck tail, and it's and it's only Kendall, and he's out there on floating alone on Kendall Island, and he's gonna have to do this by himself, and and we don't know to this point like that doesn't seem like something that's actually possible. Or realistic, moment. right? Or realistic. Because so now we're now we're back in this spot. I mean, I guess this is a different spot than we've ever been in before if I'm looking for fresh angles here right, where it's right. Kendall versus everybody. Versus everybody. Yeah. None of his siblings are with him. Yep. And uh and I I mean, I said this last week I was digging on Shiv a little. And me and the girlfriend have been hating on her pretty extensively at this point as we watch. What happened? Because, dude, the part where Kendall tells her, I'm you. Mm-hmm. I'm what you wanted to be and who you think you are. And you're the real me. <laughs> like, that was so stupid, but also perfectly accurate. Yeah. He is, everybody, she, out of all the kids, she presented as the one who wanted change. Yep. Who wanted to be the driving force of get rid of the old patriarchy and bring in the new and like try to rebrand and clean up this company. He's the one who made the first obvious and totally necessary step to do so. So like you have, there is no other move unless move one is get rid of this dinosaur at the top who is poisoning the well. Yeah. And Shiv is not even willing to accept that at this point, which is just bizarre seeing her go from like what she was season one to season two to now season three, where she's sort of a shell of herself and her marriage with Tom is in the shitter. And he's just basically telling her to go fuck herself at this point. I, I think that, 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 that fear is a major theme uh, yeah. of, of this season, especially, but, but of the show through two episodes, whether it's Kendall fearing that he's going to lose this battle because nobody is riding with him, but also like these kids, like they are so scared of losing any type of position that they can't actually commit to any side. Do you think right? any and part of a, it? That's a huge knock on on what all of them like are able to do and what they want to do. What they're about, yeah, right. It's 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 you know it's an age old idiom, right? Like if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for everything. Or is that how Whatever it goes? It is, so, yeah. what, I may I may have botched that. Sorry if I did. But like, so they're all just they they constantly exist in this gray area, 
where their dad is making them a mascot or like belittling them or using them or like not actually giving them what they want, but they don't actually lose much in exchange. And so they just exist in this bullshit like realm of like, yeah, they have everything. Right. But at what cost? But at what cost? And I I even thought about that a lot, like just like in Logan's war room in Sarajevo, Sarajevo, wherever wherever they were, I think Bosnia, um, where when he's basically like snapping at everybody to like get shit done, like, why are you looking at your phone? And I just uh, all I could think about in that moment is 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 how. You know, if you're Tom, you've ended up in this position with everything you thought you wanted. You're rich for life. Your family will be rich. Your kids' kids will be rich. You've got all the clothes. You've got the cars. You're flying private. You don't have to fly scheduled. Right. As Con- like Connor did. Never heard it referred uh, to that way. <laughs> it was so was, good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yet you're there in like one of the most miserable experiences, situations you could, you could possibly be in, right? You're under the thumb of this monster like with absolutely no move to make and 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 at his beck and call and just like along for this ride with with nothing for yourself with nothing to stand for with nothing to say about yourself with no no point to make right essentially All except in his for shadow. self-preservation like and, everything is in his shadow yeah so it's it's uh i i definitely think that those are our themes we're rolling with here in season three. How much of it do you think is the kids being concerned? Like, all right, because what you're speaking to, yes, I think there's definitely a piece of it that's them being concerned with their position. And then I think this episode made me consider how much his health and the actual, what it would mean to them. Like, what think about the donut thing, right? The mm-hmm. donut thing ended up being a huge piece of the episode because we don't even know. Who sent the donuts? If Logan's even aware of the donuts, we have no freaking clue what the deal is with the donuts, right? I mean, we're pretty sure that Logan sent them. But we don't know. Like, and it's implied in the after the episode thing that, like, that's supposed to be sort of the the point is with no message at all that maybe didn't even come from the sender we think it did. Okay. The power and the threat was yeah, there. Right. And the, and it's not just the threat of I am everything to your position. Because I don't think at this point the position is very nice, frankly. These kids are pretty widely despised right <laughs> this whole family is seen as shitty the grandfather of uh uh greg mm-hmm. is supposed to be our like avatar for what society thinks about these people i think sure. or at least the left and um it's the the thing that i think looms as a bigger threat is like they're concerned it might actually kill him when they take this company or that he's so disheveled and insane that he will literally cut them out of his life and they won't see their dad anymore and I feel like that has to play some part, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You, you, yes. Because Shiv that, wasn't I, even in the company. She, like she says in this episode, she's never held a position. Yeah, I, I think that that is definitely a factor. It, it would, of course, be hard to like drive. You know, put the knife in the in the back of your dad, right? Which the only person willing to say that that's necessary is Kendall. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else is not willing to go as far as. Dismantling their own father. And Kendall is the only one that can say with 100% certainty that his dad would put him in jail, basically. Yes. Like, he was going to... In know, a heartbeat. Yeah. He would let him take the fall. So he can, tell, he can tell Roman that he would do the same to him, and then Shiv is the one where he doesn't... He's like, what he said, what he said, he's like, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he wouldn't to you. But, like, he, he's the one that really has the proof already that, like... This guy's trash. He's yeah. a pawn. His dad does not care about... Kendall's, any of them. Kendall's 
what's best for Kendall. He only cares about what's best for himself. Now let's talk about how that got mirrored by his, Logan's marriage. Which, what's her name? Marsha. Marsha comes back into play here in this episode because he needs to present as stable to the forward-facing public, right? Family man, yeah. solid marriage. The guy he's always been, yeah. yeah. And Marsha bounced after things went haywire in season two and Logan carried out a pretty blatant and incredibly disrespectful affair with what was about to be his heir that what's her name pierce with uh with raya right raya with, yeah with there you the, go with the the woman that was working for the pierce family right yeah. the holly hunter was, she was ousted yeah. uh after failing to perform um honorably i would argue <laughs> <That's> uh, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah marcia comes back in this one and i think she shows you the 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 logan the truth of Logan, right? Which is like, he didn't actually care about her at all. And she is very honest with what she wants out of the relationship as a result. Like, fine, you don't actually give a shit about me. And maybe you're too senile and nutty and old to even, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I do know this. This is what I want if I'm going to stay. Yeah. And I, I guess with her negotiation there, which I have to assume resulted in a very nice paycheck for yes. her. Yeah. Um, it's the shrewdness that the kids don't have. Right, like there's no other than Kendall at this point. There's no drive to like secure what's in it for them. They're just okay with being along for the ride and getting whatever whatever scraps he throws their way. Connor and his girlfriend having to like, what do you say, hold down the fort? Yeah. And Connor knowing, <laughs> like, at one point in episode one, we didn't know is he such adult that he doesn't get that his dad doesn't respect him at all? Yeah. Now we know he knows. Yeah. But all it took at the end of that one phone call was his dad saying, you know, you're number one. And Connor, the, I thought that that was a beautiful scene right there because the way he gets off the phone and he goes, number one, he kind of scoffs like right. it worked. Like, I know this old man is so full of shit, but there's no better feeling in the world than him telling me I'm number one. So I'm going <laughs> to do whatever he wants. And I think that's the way it works for a lot of people with their parents. It's like, it's a pout look. Barrett and I are obviously watching The Sopranos on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. And it's a powerful relationship. Children and their parents and the influence that parents have over their children is mainly the topic of the show, um, of The Sopranos. And it comes to be the main focus of succession as well. The influence that Logan has over Kendall, Roman, Shiv, mm -hmm. and Connor is that sort of thing that you and I are now arguing, well, we do love seeing them play with that, so maybe it's okay for a couple few more seasons. But for the love of Christ, when you said... Two or three, just like even thinking about three more, I'm like, God damn, how are they going to keep Brian Cox alive? Because I think there will be Logan Roy. Brian Cox, I'm sure, will live many, many more years. <laughs> Logan Roy is going to have another medical issue, I feel like. Right? Yeah, there has yeah, I, to be something looming that removes him from a situation where only the kids can assassinate him. I, I am not personally picking up on that. Although, but I do acknowledge that, that, He's weirdo. And stuff I've read and like and 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 you're certainly getting something. I'm picking from this. up big senile vibes. Yeah, that that he is like he's slipping. That mentally. he's slipping or only sharp when he like makes sure that he turns it on. And I, I more for me, I think that he knows that he is in a precarious position at the moment. He's definitely terrified. That's and it's making it yes, worse. He's scared. Yeah. You can because see it. He's freaking out. He knows what the kids talk about. That if they all were to band together, if they make the the right play here, then he's done. Then he's done, done, and in a bad way, not the way you want to end your dynasty. And so he's he's scrambling when he calls Connor and 
calls Roman and like tries to bring these people back into the fold. He's desperate to know where all these people are. So much so that he like went like that that even though he know he has this hunch that they're all with Kendall, right? He doesn't even like really push the issue. You know, I he think just, he's scared he's to just, find out. Yeah, he's just asked Roman like, "Wait, is is Shiv is, is she is she solid? Is she solid?" Like that's that's as far as he'll go and into this fucking guy. He never actually sus- says anything. No, sussing out like what happened, what was discussed, because I don't think he wants to know. I'm with you. I don't think he wants to know either. I think he's too scared. To find to and then it, the the beauty of this episode is that he fails utterly to court any of them minus Connor. I think that was all he needed, and yet they all come back. Yeah, I thought it was so strange that they all went, all met with Kendall, but none of them were really close to to going with him. I don't feel yeah. Like. I, it, Roman flat out the whole time. I'm good to, I'm a spy. I'm here for daddy. <laughs> Shiv never, it seemed like her showing up at all was a sign that she wanted in. Yeah. And then when it's just her and Kendall talking, you feel like he maybe has sold her. Right. But then she's all off the second the other two are there. Like she was only playing Kendall or something. You really can't read her at this point. Like what the fuck it is she wants? It's very difficult to know what she wants. I I, I think that that it it was um, obviously very significant that, that the talks really break down when Kendall mentions that in the post Logan world, he would have oversight, that he would be in the most powerful position. Right. So it all ties right, it all ties back to the name of the show. It all ties back to who's gonna be the to CEO. what each of these kids wants more than anything, whether not willing to make a risk or a sacrifice or put themselves out there. Because if they stay under the wing, if they stay close, then they still have a shot at Right. At at that spot. At that spot. Which they do not believe Kendall is capable of taking clearly. They clearly have no trust and, or faith in Kendall. And they just straight up like it's the it's the sibling thing, right? Like they can't excuse me. They can't live with him having it and them not, not having, having it. it. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'm like, oh, he's the oldest though. Just fucking let him do his stupid thing for a little bit. But he's such a like you gotta remember, in their eyes, he's a total joke. Yes. He's an utter and complete joke of a human being. Roman is like, oh, good. He remember so, so, Sophie. Oh, so my daughter remembered his daughter's name. Like the guy yeah. is a mess, but there's something endearing about him. That there makes is. Us there as is. An audience want to root for him. And I think it's genuinely just at this point that he's not as shitty as the other three kids. Yeah. He's the, I, I mean, the, he, he, there's a lot of truth to what he says in this episode, uh, regardless of, of, of what his own personal motivations may be, you know? He didn't. He he did outline how he would install himself as as the CEO in this new world. Like he he wants that same thing, but you know, it, it, there's also a lot of truth behind what he's saying. Like it could be a better company if Logan wasn't the monster at the top of it, you know. And he is he is at the very least saying the right things, right? You know. And all the kids, so, I thought the kids all saying it, or, it's, it's set up for us to root for him. That's absolutely right. for sure. I thought the kids all saying that they knew, or at least Connor being like, we definitely knew, Logan, or uh, Kendall's like, we uh, definitely yeah, knew, yeah. Roman clearly knew, <laughs> and was possibly involved, which is going to be interesting to see that come further out uh-huh. into the light. And then Shiv, again, in a moment that is infuriating, plays coy. Like, she doesn't know that her dad is that dude who was surrounded with all these sleazy fucking weird old whiteheads who yeah. were doing sleazy, weird, s- sketchy stuff. Right. And again, it's just, I'm, I'm like, what is it that, what, and you have to be right. It's just that they're 
desperately clinging to the possibility that they could be the one that gets out of this ahead. And I'd say at this point, Roman is in the lead. Because Jerry is at the helm. Right. Yeah, he's got the... He, yeah, he has the, the... The the line to succession through her, I think. He does, but but then he also doesn't. Because at the end there, we learn that Jerry is also... A Logan spy. Uh, well, she's the... Uh, she much like um, in season one of The Sopranos. I'm already forgetting my seasons now. Okay, she's the lightning rod. Like oh like, yeah, like, yeah yeah like yeah Junior. Well, but also that just she is telling Logan everything anybody tells her. Like yeah, yeah. but uh, but she's also she's getting. I don't know if Jerry knows that she's getting played she, as much as he's playing her. She doesn't seem to be aware that she is the Junior Soprano lightning rod that yeah. you're referencing. Which I guess that would be season one when that. Happens. I think that's towards the end one. of season. But one. that's what that's that's what I took took away anyway from him saying that like that Shiv would be wearing the. Oh, you're a thousand percent correct. Biological and chemical suit that, that is, is Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's saying Jerry is the fall person now for everything that has currently come up. And it's not a bad strategy. It's just that we we know Jerry to be a smart woman. And yep. She's yep. very clearly aware of her position. And it's about her family for her. And I feel like she would recognize this eventually. Yeah, I think she knows too. That's. I, I mean, I think that's... I, and she's she's working it the same way the kids are. Like, again, she has these, to stay all, there. All these people know yeah. who they're in bed with. You're right. They right. they know that like that any position they get Shiv just sits there with her dad and and knows it right on her face the question she asks she knows it it's like so I'm just gonna be a I'm a mascot this title means nothing like and you know he says some words that mean nothing just like just like he, he always, always does. does and like smooths it over and and satisfies her for for the moment but like all these people know that it's a bunch of bullshit and at any given moment like. You'll be put up as the blood sacrifice, right? Especially if you're in that CEO position, like that's the you're the fall guy, which is the awkwardness of it right now. And I think that what it's part of what Roman and I didn't give him enough credit for this recognized is that mm. he went maybe it's Roman, but maybe it's uh, <laughs> immediately, yeah, because I think he recognized the threat. Yeah. And I don't think he wanted to sign up to be the lightning rod that right. Jerry now serves as. And I think Roman sees it as, well, after Jerry gets struck, I'm up. Yeah. And by yes. then the lightning storm will have right. cleared. Right, 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 right. So yeah, I'll want storm it. blows over, Jerry gets so struck by the he, lightning, he's the and, only then one with... as, and I can ascend. So other than yeah. Kendall obviously having a lawyer in this whole campaign and mm -hmm. going to have the government mm -hmm. involved soon, I'm assuming, at yep. some point, yep. um, I would argue Roman is the one with the most direct line currently like connor has absolutely no shot and no desire shiv is just floundering in the wind out there like doing nothing yeah let me get your uh let me get your temperature on cousin greg yes because i i'm struggling a little bit to to know what greg is out there doing well ch put the thermometer up my ass and check the socio-political <laughs> uh temperature, temperature of yeah. the nation yeah yeah that's what i'd like to do okay um okay greg Kendall knows about the papers because Greg told him about the papers. Right. Which so, gave Kendall the ability to do what he did in the finale of season two. Yes. And yet, Greg is out here pretending he wants to be Switzerland. Right? He is trying as hard as he can to, like, stay on the sidelines and play like he's the a middle neutral. ground. Yeah, because he is scared of where his chips may fall here. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So he's also in like this self-preservation mode that's very funny. He's got both sides offering him lawyers, so he tries to escape to— Yeah, but none of the lawyers are actually representing him. (laughs) That's the important part here. When somebody offers you a lawyer, be very careful of who's offering it to you. Greg, for all the stupidity that he shows through his humor, is a clever motherfucker. No, he is. Absolutely. Because, Barrett, you remember the forward-facing version of Greg Greg we get— is not correct. He's always playing, bro. He yep. played season two like a fiddle yep. to get into the spot he's in now. And I find it hard to believe that him and Kendall aren't on the same page. That's it, that, okay. That's the part that I'm that I'm mixed on is because now he, he's out here like seeking the middle, seeking third party talking rep- to his representation grandpa. from his grandpa. And it's like, why aren't you just playing with Kendall? And I think the answer is Kendall has all of the information Kendall's going to have. He needs Greg out there doing stuff to get more reads and more feelers out. And if nobody suspects Greg, which at this point, Greg is doing a pretty goddamn good job of selling himself as like, I don't even know what the fuck is happening. I'm just a stupid Greg the Egg. And Greg and Tom have an open line. And I I think they're they're both wild cards. At least Tom is. Tom doesn't know that Greg seems to... I think Greg is firmly tied to Kendall. Okay. On a level that we're still not being fully shown. Because... What they committed to together at the end of season two is happening now. Yeah. So it yeah. wouldn't make sense if he was like, well, I did all that just to bounce back to the middle. Mm-hmm. I think he's playing and I'm not sure what at. In the part where he gets with his grandpa and gets the other lawyer and like. Shouts to assemblyman. What's his face from Sopranos? Holy shit. He <laughs> aged uh, like people do, I guess. Uh, <laughs> he aged. Yeah. He yeah. really aged. And uh, yeah, dude, it's it. Greg is like one of the more fascinating elements now. And I mean, the more we talk about the show, the more obvious it becomes that that the complaints last week that we were lodging while fair are also going to need to be swept to the side because all of the inner workings are are great. Yeah, and that's and that's a perfect segue to like what is what what is now exciting about season two is because of this episode, which uh, like it wasn't my favorite. It did. No, it's, right, it's, it, it was okay. There were some good moments. It did feel like some good lines, less forced than and the we, first one. We, we've done this. Kids get together, but they all hate each other, and they all say "fuck you," and they you know they do the whole thing. Yeah, and, it, 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 and it's it's good. Um, but what I'm, what I'm looking forward to now is that we've really like, now the line is clearly drawn in the sand. And now I think that we're going to get to see a lot of spy games happen basically. Right. Right. What I, because, because we know that Kendall can't be out here on Kendall Island for the entire season. We got eight episodes or seven episodes left or however yeah, what many moves? it is. Like, what, yeah, well, he's got to do stuff. So I, I feel like there's going to be some trickling back and forth. Like, And I don't know if it's, is Tom going to come over and are Greg and Tom going to align with Kendall? You know, like, I think there's there are lots of moves to be made. I think the whole, like, everybody looking out for themselves, everybody keeping the lines open. Kendall was not being forthright, even to his siblings, about what is actually going on with Stewie and... and, uh, and the other guy, the the older man, yeah, Sandy, Stewie, Stewie and Sandy. Sandy. Uh, so, so everybody's got these like aces up their sleeve right now. They're all double agenting a little bit, yeah. And so, I th- I think the fun now and over the the course of the next few weeks will be seeing the shakeups and seeing who kind of like like moves to what to which side because it, this is this is more than any other season now very much like. The, hev- the 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 heavyweight fight now it is right. Logan versus Kendall essentially, and, and now we got to see who who kind of 
outplays what's outplays the other. Yeah. yeah, I mean the government clearly being the third party angle that we still have to see sort of what happens. What I think that'll be a huge part of this season. Maybe they don't set up to the end. I don't know. Maybe they don't set it up to the end of the season, and then the next season is the trial or some shit. Who the hell knows? Yeah, on pacing. But I know we're gonna have fun in between. I, I did want to say when it comes to Tom and his position. This is the first episode we've seen him give real pushback to Shiv, where he's basically like, do you even love me, Mm -hmm. or am I just this guy that makes moves for you as your fucking pawn? Right. And then sort of folds it back in with like, by the end of the conversation, he's trying to, he's reassuring her, sort Mm -hmm. of. And I believe, again, that Tom is playing more than he's... um, 100%. He's, he's, him and Greg, man, they're the secret, smart, fucking weirdos, drinking cum out of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> their own come out of people's mouths and and uh and living in apartments they don't own yeah yeah <laughs> and that's a guy, like so greg with the fucking law student who's like oh greg i haven't even finished my first semester it's so weird that i could text my pro- i could text my professor he's like, yeah, 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 yeah 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 text, yeah, text, text him text him, text him. <laughs> you're that smart you're that smart that you've seen your way around this you weaseled from being puking out of the mascot of the fucking cartoon park person yeah yeah to strapping yourself to Kendall and giving him the only opportunity, and anybody the only opportunity they've had to take down the big white whale, yeah, the Moby Dick, as it were. Mm-hmm. And yet you're so dumb that you're asking a first-year law student for advice on which lawyer you should hire regarding what is clearly a position. <laughs> like, you could go to prison, bro. Like He's just so stupid in some ways and smart in others. I guess yeah, that's how a lot yeah. of us are. But uh, yeah, he, Greg is a great character, man. It, very, yeah. Great character. Greg yeah. the Egg. Fucking Greg, donuts. Greg the motherfucking egg. Donuts, bro. <laughs> Take those donuts real serious. Any other thoughts on succession before we move forward, sir? No, no, no. I've 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 uh We've expended ourselves. That was a yes, good thirty yeah. minutes straight it was, on succession. It was. Yeah. Love that. Love yeah. that. Today's episode of OCC is brought to you by Manscaped, the company that wants to be sure you or the man in your life have all the tools you need to be hygienic and carefree, perhaps even hair free. All fucking succession season long. It's the most important time of the year to manscape, is it not? I've been told. That's what people are saying. That's what people are saying. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Also, I have to say— These guys are like—these guys, you know, they're like—it's them and Apple. Right, with their model releases, and it's right. just better every time. Every know? time, man, just an, it's just one step better for your pubis region <laughs> with this razor. And I got to say, I went thirty four years without ever trimming my nose hair, mm. and mm. I used their weed whacker. Now that's above the neck, not below the belt. That's true. It's true. It's the it's the nose and ear whacker that they've yeah, got yeah. the the weed whacker. Barrett, just look how deep you can see into my nose. <laughs> Look at my ears, too. They're clean caverns. Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. Join the over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for the Clam Fam. 20% off free worldwide shipping when you use the code OCC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code OCC at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Uh, there are a lot of movies that have come out. I, I have to first comment on Dune. Yeah, movies are hot again. Ross. It's happening. The the movies, they are, uh, Vin Diesel was saying that they're back. Was he? Yeah. Vi- yeah. As yeah. soon as he's announced it, I feel like that's official. He said movies are back. And then cool. so did, um, so did Nicole Kidman for in an AMC commercial that I saw. Awesome. AMC is always at the forefront. She said movies are back. They're at the forefront. The people's cinema. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, a lot of movies out right now. I don't know how I'm going to get to, like, I'm suddenly need to get to the theater to see four movies. 
You did not go to the theater. You you, you I doomed it home. You took the easy way out. And this is a this is a this is a thing. This is an issue. It is an issue, or I, it's not an issue. I, I'm not sure. You tell me. I will say, you need to be in a theater to watch Dune. Okay. You need to go to a movie theater and you need to enjoy this one like you would a Christopher Nolan film. I pulled the Discord and I was like, because I, I was getting ready to buy tickets to see Dune, and I was like. Can I go to the draft house or to like an AMC or do I need to get to an IMAX? I think you might need and to get to an IMAX. And people are like, biggest screen you can find, but Yeah, get to the and IMAX. then I learned that all of the Bob Bullock IMAX showings completely sold out. The, every single one that they have on the schedule. But we do have an AMC at Barton Creek that has an I'm AMC Barton Creek has an IMAX theater where they are showing Dune. It's just not as big as that screen at Bob Bullock is. I'm kind of down to go if we can so, find tickets. Yeah, so that I think I'm going just regular AMC IMAX. I think I'm down to go with you. Okay. Because it was amazing. I really enjoyed it, first of all. Yeah, um, I've heard great things. The reviews are... They've been great. They're very good. After Barrett and I have both had the opportunity to watch it, we can dive into like a yeah, more specific review. Yeah, we're definitely, definitely going to talk about it. I know, I know that this is like more than any movie this year, Dune is the one that everybody is going to see, and I know that there's... There's probably a lot to talk about, so it, it will happen on this podcast. But I Don't. will note, I w- having watched it on HBO Max at home, uh, it is definitely worth going to theaters for. If I, I look, I didn't really know what to expect. I saw the cast, and we all know that doesn't mean shit, right? No, look how many not. big budget, yep. massive yep. flops yep. there have been over the past ten years. Many. It's an, a, a like a pile at this point <laughs> of trash, and this space is a weird one. I've heard about Dune my whole life. Mm-hmm. Never really known what it was. Yeah. I know there were books. I didn't know how many. I didn't know. Yeah. I know there was a movie. I think it was seen as like kind of not good or confusing or something. And then I it made it seem like this was going to be something that was too difficult to translate to a successful film for that, me. That was always the the knock. It was one of those one of those ones. How are you going to pull it off? Where you, this is not doable as a movie or a TV film. And it was actually... I'm I'm 99% positive that the guy that tried to pull it off in the 80s was David Lynch of, you know, Twin Peaks fame yeah. and, and other things. And so it's I think it kind of has like a culty status, but it, it wasn't It does very much. But the, but it wasn't like a knocked out of the park film. Right, not at all. Yeah. It's not some huge blockbuster hit that everybody's right. watched and seen like Jurassic Park yeah, or something. It wasn't some Blade shit. Runner. Right, not yeah. at all. And uh just it so it occupies this strange space in my head. So I pretty much went in empty-headed yeah like yeah. i didn't know anything about it i didn't i knew the cast was crazy but i didn't even look into like all the specifics of who was in the movie beyond mm-hmm. timothee chalamet and our boy from uh game of thrones yes also i would argue game of thrones might have given these guys the insight that they could pull this off in 2021 um, yeah probably um because it ends up being kind of a mix of like star wars avatar both avatar the film and avatar the last airbender somehow and okay. then like uh some other i mean it's it's a it's Avatar The Last Airbender, famously a Nickelodeon cartoon that M. Night Shyamalan and James Cameron came together to, to, to exactly. work on, exactly. combining Avatar the film with the blue, the last... with the blue what, they, what are they called? The, the, the Navi? The, the Navi, yes. And then M. Night Shyamalan with his trickstery, uh, <laughs> twist, ah. twisty films- they com- they com- and he did the, he did the movie The Last Airbender. right. They combined those Avatar, The, the Last, Last Airbender. Airbender. Yeah. It became a Nickelodeon cartoon. Everybody knows Gen that. Gen Z loves it. Super famous, yeah. like what are they called? Um, not hentai. Anime. Anime. Thank you, Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sure there's a hentai version of it. Thank though. you, Barrett. Uh, I'm absolutely <laughs> certain. I've probably watched it somehow. Um, but yeah, so the last cumbender, boom, it, got it, it. D- done. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, no, it was. Look, it was. I'm. I'm not gonna like sit here and and go nuts with it, but it was very. I was super impressed. Like, yeah. Uh, especially considering where I think the stakes were. Like, bravo. To this, whoever I this mean, team unbelievable hype off. around this thing. So yeah, that's had, what I'm it saying. Had a lot to live up to. It's tough to, uh, to the point that I'm avoiding hype. If I'm avoiding the hype of your film because I'm scared that it's gonna fuck you, yeah, and then you deliver, man, that's something. So I, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing it in theaters. And it's not the only thing out right now. And yeah, well, so Bond came out as well. Daniel Craig's last last you know run as it's a big deal. James Bond um, is a very big deal. Uh, there's all sorts of, you know, there's fun speculation about who might be the next one, but, but obviously this film, uh, was, was again, very hype directed by Kerry Fukunaga. So like it had a lot of, a lot of buzz around it. And, um, I'd really like to go see that in theaters as well. (laughs) Me too. Uh, and then there's Is that the biggest bond of our lifetime, Daniel Craig? Oh yeah. I mean, I know monetarily, but. I'm talking well, like in terms of status. I feel like he crushed Pierce Brosnan. I no not no offense, you know, respectfully, but like I feel like he crushed so Pierce this Brosnan. This is like a this is like a dinner or bar conversation right. that I feel like I have once a year with somebody. And most people my age, I feel like have the same or a similar take as me, which is like when I think of James Bond, the character James Bond just, you know, in my head, yeah. the James 007. Who is it? What, you know, womanizing, martini sipping, shaking not stirred, Casanova, like gambling, tuxedos, Aston Martin driving Bond. Yeah. It's Pierce Brosnan. Okay. That's who James Bond is to me, like in my head. Because you grew up on GoldenEye and. Yes. The golden age of uh, those, Bond for us at that point was Pierce Brosnan. Right. Because he was like, right. As we came of age, that was Bond. And so that, so my, and, and for me, Bond always represented like, this super smooth, like he didn't look like he could kick ass necessarily, but he could. He was like way more crafty than like brute forcey. Right. And then, as we all know, like the Daniel Craig Bond was the James Bornification. The Jason Jace, Bornification. Jason Bornification. Yeah. Yes. Of James Bond. Yes. And so they gave us this like more compact, yoked up, badass Daniel Craig who kicked ass in all these movies and is my favorite Bond. Right, the least pretty boy of all the Bonds. Yes, yeah. and like Casino Royale, which we did on Movie Club on Patreon a couple years ago now, probably in my top 20 favorite movies of all time. Yeah, it's just an incredible like, movie. It's just an incredible movie. It's an awesome movie, and Skyfall is also, also very, al- very is good. almost as good. And so like, just as far as like, you know, the best Bond for me, it's Daniel Craig. But just like when I pictured... The still character James Bond, I still go Pierce Brosnan. See, I still get a lot of Sean Connery, man. Which I, just because I watched yeah, anybody, all the old ones anybody a lot, older than us, they all have a different Bond. Have yeah. James have, usually say Sean Connery? Yeah. That's like every that's like you know every Gen Xer and especially Baby Boomers' favorite Bond is is Connery. And I kind of grew up watching the old ones over and over with my dad. Like yeah. it was one of yeah. the things he'd throw on because they were always on AMC or whatever the fuck. They'd do like a Bond marathon every Christmas time too or Thanksgiving. Can't remember. Right. Yep. Yep. So I mean, I've now they're streaming everywhere, and then all of a sudden they uh, uh, like they aren't streaming everywhere, which strategically okay. pisses me off because they want you, they know everybody's looking to watch the other Bond movies, so right. they're going to get paid right now. Probably Amazon at some point in the future, since they bought MGM. That would be nice, maybe already. Which, I haven't checked yeah. in the last couple of weeks, but um, 
Yeah, dude, I, I just, I've watched so many of them that there's a mix of people that show up for me when I think of James Bond at this point, but I think Daniel Craig's, really, it's, it's probably giving him too much credit. Um, it's the franchise, the turn that they took that you just spoke to, the Jason Bornification of it that I think kind of saved it, revitalized it, gave it more to play with in 2021. Yeah. And, and in this new era of Hollywood where the CGI and the explosions can all be bigger and better, and it was like, do we still want Pretty Boy Bond who's out there, like, dealing with watch gadgets? They, made, they almost started making fun of the old right. gadget archetype and pushed toward the fist-fighting badass brooding, more brooding. Way more brooding. More pain, more getting into his personal life, his past, all that stuff, which is, which is why this ends up being my favorite Bond stretch of movies ever, because I think... Where if you argue, like, Pierce Brosnan really, I mean, GoldenEye was solid. Everything else he did was sort of shit. Yeah. Um, they've gotten at least two all-time movies in here for us. Not just Bond movies, all-time movies. Yeah. And then certainly two of the all-time Bond movies in the history of Bond movies. That's a fucking great percentage. Like, if they can close out with a yeah. three here, I, I just put, I think it inarguably puts Daniel Craig at the top of that list for me. It just out of respect. Yeah. For where the the Bond character has gone and what they've been able to do with the franchise to make what have ended up being two of our favorite movies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, congratulations to them because this is like it's one of those things where as kids you love Bond, you hope they find a way. Like with Spider Man now, you love Spider Man, you hope they find a way to get a good Spider Man. That they they keep trying other Spider Mans. They finally get Tom Holland or whatever who I disrespected horribly on my other show by saying that uh, <laughs> I said that Zendaya and Timothee Chalamet were uh -huh. dating. Yeah, okay. No, they're yeah, not. They're just yeah. both in Dune. Right. Um, yeah, she's dating Tom Holland, Holland. Spider-Man. Shout out to the short kings out there. My fault, and all the short kings were pissed. I've had like three different short kings on Twitter today be like, fuck you, dude. It's not Timothée Chalamet. Well, How even dare it, you But even if it was Timothée Chalamet, a also a short king. I mean, the fact that Zendaya is even considering anybody below 5'10", is just like a huge win for us. So it's a massive thank win. You Zendaya, thank you, Zendaya. Thank you, Tom Holland. Also, just Hollywood has always been friendly to the short kings. It's where y'all represent the hardest, I think. That's true. That's yeah. true. There's just a lot of you. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. All-time short king that, right there. Very, yeah, great point. Yeah. Um, Oprah's couch, you remember. <laughs> of course I remember. Can I, can I move on to this movie? Sure. Okay. What if I told you that there was a movie coming out directed by Ridley Scott featuring a medieval Game of Thrones type surrounding and, and atmosphere and, and, uh, and genre. Okay. And it starred Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Ben Affleck, and Jodie Comer. Would you be interested in that? Yes. Did you know that this movie existed? No. What the hell? Yeah, see, that's what I'm the saying. This happens duel. a lot, dude. This just came out. It's a massive flop. And yeah, maybe it's a massive flop because I literally didn't know that this movie existed until I saw a trailer for it on watching football eight days ago. I only saw a what trailer for it watching trailers. Okay. So I went, oh, what's this one? Last Duel. Clicked on it, watched the Adam Driver, Matt Damon sort of rivalry thing. It, look, it looked watchable to me. No, it looks rad, but it must, something must have happened here. I think we're in a strange era, Barrett, where we're going to see more and more things slide under the radar because people's focus is not where it used to be, which is, it used to be what's in theaters and what's coming out in theaters soon, right? I, I just, I don't remember, like, you know, and I, I, this has been talked about and written about ad nauseum, but like the, the kind of the death of movie stars. Right. Right. Because 20 years ago, man, you put these people in a movie and, and it's, it's on a, and it's a hit. But we and didn't now, have the and options. Now it's, there's so many different things that like factor in now. 
I think the and, 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 I, and I don't know what I don't know what's going on, but this happens more and more often where it's like there's a Matt Damon movie that like almost gets this one didn't, but like some sometimes this happens and it's even like uh, just gonna shift it over here to video on demand. You can yeah. like pay eight dollars for it through Spectrum Cable or whatever. I think another part of it is that Prestige TV has gotten so good, TV's high quality. I mean, just shot through the roof. So it's like yeah, your options. When it comes down to it, are so much more complicated now than right, they were twenty right. years ago. That it just dry. I think it's it's just that's what the interesting position movie theaters are in, right? We're gonna have to find other ways to get people to the theaters because the old strategy of just throw four blockbuster actors in here yep. doesn't work anymore. We want quality because you know where we can find quality if you're not gonna give it to us in the theater from the comfort of our fucking couches. Doesn't cost yeah. sixty bucks. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, even weirder, though, this is Last Duel right now, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Quite good. IMDb, 67% on Metacritic. So it's like, it, it, this movie doesn't, it's not like a total travesty that they were trying to hide. Right. You know? Well, like you said, and you so saw a commercial I, during the uh, yeah, one of the big games. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not sure, like, I, I haven't gotten a chance to read more about this, but this sounds like something that should have been kind of pumped up and, like, hyped six months ago and oh yeah i but, see what, yeah no so, no lead so up it, maybe it just was like a victim of of the pandemic here but um because to your point sometimes they will lack in marketing because they know their quality of product is yes, ass and right. they don't want to get embarrassed yeah right but so th this isn't this is another one that is like on my radar like I, you know I, there are other movies that i'm going to see in theaters first which means i probably won't see this one in theaters but like as, if this isn't one is available to stream like i got i, I got to see this too right yep um the last one that I wanted to talk to, uh, the, that I wanted to talk about here, I believe is releasing on Thursday or Friday of this week, and it's called Last Night in Soho. Oh. Have you seen the trailers for this? No, sir. This looks, uh, it stars our girl, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy from Queen's Gambit, directed by Edgar Wright, who did Baby Driver. and Oh, I did see this trailer, yeah. Shaun of the Dead and, and uh, a few other things that people really love. Uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And it's kind of a scary deal, right? Yeah, it looks like it. It's the trailer makes it look v like a horror movie, but I think it's more psychological thriller than interesting. It's it, but it's just, you know it's it's arriving on Halloween weekend, so I feel like the marketing push is more as is framing it as maybe more of like a horror film than it is. Either way, it says twenty twenty one British psychological horror film. Okay, so um, it it it's. It's interesting to note because it, it it made me think about what you were just saying, which is like so much good stuff is on television now. Yeah. Like we're getting like, you know, Mayor of Easttown is, is a limited series on HBO Max and like a lot of just a lot of these stories and shows, even something like Dope Sick. Dope Sick would have been a movie. Yeah. Ten years ago. And I mean, now it's a, like The Crown. And now it's a Hulu thing. The Crown or like any of these shows where they end up building this extremely talented cast out of yeah. of bunch of movie stars so yeah. it's so so last night in soho has like the vibe of something that is al almost feels like it's going going away because that type of story comes to tv now instead of movies and like you know if you're not disney or marvel or fast and the furious or mission impossible it's like you barely have a shot at, at making a film right but but it's the last genre that all that seemingly gets to exist along with our giant temple franchises, and that's horror. 
True. You know, Jordan Peele still out there making movies. Blumhouse still out there making movies. A twenty four because they're still cheap out there and if movies, you hit a homer, it, yes, you make millies. And so this is uh, but, Matt but, Smith is in this too, by the way. Speaking of the Matt crown. Smith, he is. Yes, yes, our, our dragon boy himself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, so just, man, and there's a ton of buzz around about this one as well. I know people in the Discord are, are chomping at the bit to go see it. So uh, I'll watch the shit out of, of this, films, dude. A lot of films, man. A lot of films. British scary movies remind me of Babadook, though, and that scares me. So I feel like this will be really scary. Have you seen the picture on like Reddit or Twitter or whatever but with the guy dressed up as the Babadook to go to a Halloween party and then it was like an adult Halloween party where nobody was dressed up and he's just there's this no, dude sitting there as the Babadook. Get like, the fuck off. Nobody else is even in a costume. <laughs> that's incredible because that's like the most hardcore costume yeah, to me. Very scary. It's terrifying. Uh, speaking of Timothee Chalamet, The French Dispatch was his other movie that's that came one. out. Same day as Dune it came out. So he put up an Instagram post doing like a pose in front of the movie poster for okay. both and I was just like oh life is good for you right it now is. my friend it's very good for he is king for my man Tim he is king Tim. Timmy Timmy Timothee yeah uh, yeah so Damn, a lot French of movies dispatch. I gotta see French Dispatch too what am I gonna do we're gonna have to space them out over the next several months like it this, this is the way I'm looking at it we're hot now we've got a list if we can keep this momentum into the holiday season, God knows it might power us through that fucking drought that usually starts at one point every year. You know, mm, where we're like mm. three months go by and we're like, is there anything to watch in theaters, movies yeah, wise? Yeah, yeah. You know what? what's making this even more difficult, Russ? Hmm. I don't know if you've heard about this, but the Ashers are making a very deep playoff run. In they, fact, they've made it to the to the World Series. They've appeared, uh, they're appearing once again in, in what the baseball fans call the October Classic. Yeah. yeah. Some fans are upset. <laughs> Some people are upset. Yeah. Not so much you and I. Not so much. But the others. But that's three nights in my week this week alone. We got you know? time being sucked up by baseball. So that's a, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of baseball. And baseball? Yeah. Oh, no, I can't do that one anymore. Sorry. We can't do, you can't do Sammy Sosa's accent? Do, I don't think I can do Sammy Sosa's I don't, Sosa, I don't yeah, know if it's yeah. appropriate anymore either, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to do but ba- other races' but accents. But baseball has been very, very good to me. How about that? Baseball has also been very, very good to me. <laughs> I love baseball. Yeah. Yeah, so. I also was a huge Sammy Sosa fan. <laughs> Even after we found out he was juicing, I was like, okay, I don't care. Yeah, watching him and McGuire hit homers, man. Yeah, but anyway, so, Barry so I got to fit. I got to fit in the duning. Yep, and not only and that, the dueling, curb your and enthusiasm. Curb your enthusiasm is back. Season eleven is back. Yeah, didn't even see it coming. Speaking of things not being advertised much, just again, baseball mad distracting the last yes. few weeks. Yeah. Um, and then I'll just say we'll be talking about curb obviously as Barrett and I. Find time to get into it. Probably not next week. I'm betting it'll be a couple weeks before we get into Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, I've also been keeping up with What We Do in the Shadows. It's been phenomenal. If you have Hulu and you like comedy, watch What We Do in the Shadows season three. It is the funniest running show on television right now. It is now my show where at the end of the night where I'm like, I don't actually want to watch anything. I just want something that makes me happy on. I just pick a random episode in season one or two, dude, and let it run. Five episodes a night, probably. I'm just got going in the back of my head, (laughs) you know? So I'll have all the names down. Who is your current time. favorite character on what we do in the shadows? I can't get away from Nandor. It's like a it's a Game of Thrones um Tyrion situation for me though. Okay. Where like it doesn't matter if even after an episode I'm like, all right, uh what's the name of their their uh bodyguard now? Oh, uh Guillermo. Guillermo will have an episode where he is my favorite character for that episode. Uh-huh. But I just always go back to Nandor, dude. He's just the goat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He had 37 wives. <laughs> married them all at once. It's the only time he was married. It's Nandor. The Relentless. The Relentless. Nandor the Relentless. I just love how... Um, 
I love everything about that show, Barrett. Yeah, it's everything very, about it's that very, show. It's very, very good. What We Do in the Shadows, season three, Hulu. So yeah, Barrett and I will be back next week to talk about whatever out of the pile we get through. And then certainly Succession, episode three of- uh, I'm out here trying to- st- I'm still trying to finish Squid Game, man. <laughs> season three. It's too much. Do you need to- do you need to at this point? Yeah, I've heard Marble episode too many times okay. to, not, to not get there. You got to get through all of it then. Yeah. Once you get through the Marble episode, I feel like you kind of have to just go because <laughs> it's like you're just you're just you're just in. But I, you know, I will say this though. I will say this, and uh, you know, I'm I'm giving a niche niche to uh, to SNL here. I'm poo pooing them for a okay. second because last weekend. By the way, I haven't seen Sudeikis' episode from this weekend. I heard it was pretty good. Seen la- some of it. But last weekend, Rami Malek, they did a Squid Game thing, a little, like a, a, a digital short style. Wow. And kind of, I think, ruined Squid Game. Oh, they spoiled? I think so. Okay, I have seen them doing more and more of this, where they're basically deciding, look, all the jokes have already been made on Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're yeah. just going to do the we jokes. We have to do it. Yeah, and you and I have hit on this a couple times over the last couple of years about how SNL is up against it in the social media age because everybody gets all the sketches and the jokes out yep. as these things are unfolding. So yep. they're way behind the eight ball, having to get shit done five days later or whatever. In some cases, yeah. I think this is their answer to that. <laughs> they're having to be like, "Fuck it," yeah. and it's a little weird, and it's going to be really weird when they go at things that all the way hit the top of the mainstream, like Squid Game, yeah, where half the audience hasn't seen it and yeah. they're pissed, yeah. Yeah, because I was like, wait, the, it, it it was funny. They were doing like this. They they kind of did this like country hip hop song that was all Squid Game about okay. Squid Game, and I was like, yeah, this is good. This is good. And then they like kept, you know, like the refrain was like, because that's a Squid Game. Yeah. And they kept like going and going and going, and I was like, wait, I haven't wait. What? Oh, no, oh now you're telling oh, me plot points. Oh, 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 I think you ruined the show for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're bleeding. So, well, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, Barrett. it's okay though. It's all right. It's You'll all right. be all right. Anyway, it's just, it, it's just a, it's just it's just the Squid Game. It's just the Squid Game. It's not that <laughs> serious, Barrett. It's actually a comedy, a rom com. If you watch ah, it dubbed over, that's yeah. yeah, totally different show. That's another crazy piece of Squid Game. People apparently watching the dub with subtitles. Those people are psychopaths. You don't watch it dubbed over, dude. It that's a that's a rom com. <laughs> the Korean version has the full breadth of evil in it that you need. You need all of it. Mm. All of it. So make sure you watch Squid Game. And everything without dubs. Don't watch things dubbed over. That's just not good. Old Bad. Snake Face. Snake Face? Yeah, I can't imagine him lasting too much longer. Oh, that the gangster guy in gangster, Squid Game? Gangster, yeah. Yeah. And then apparently an American comes in and makes a 69 joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh... Yeah, once you've watched that episode, we have to talk more about it because yeah. they present Americans in such a comical light. Yeah, that's what that it's yeah. like almost a little bit weird. Like yeah. you just kind of like, we all know we're not all that shitty, right? <laughs> be like if you presented all Germans as Nazis all the time. Yeah. Like the yeah. Germans would be like, what? Oh, come on, guys. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Except it's the American version. Anyway, um, yeah, good luck to you with Squid Game, Barrett. You poor bastard. I can't believe you're still stuck in there. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Support our sponsor, manscaped.com. Use the code OCC when you check out for all your manscaping needs at manscaped.com. We appreciate you, Barrett, and I'll be back next week. And, of course, uh, we will be back on Thursday with another episode of The Sopranos on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Join us there. Support the show and watch The Sopranos with us episode by episode, week by week, friendly to first-timers and repeat viewers. That is all. Thank you. Good night and good luck. Bobby Tuna.